Rising Star Podcast with your host, Kelly Hughes. On today's show, I'm going to be talking with James Donano and Rob Donano of Callisto. They've got a rock a new song out called This Is Awkward and a really cool video, almost like a throwback. We're going to talk about the making of that and much more. So welcome to the show, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Kelly. Looking forward to talking with you. I love that claustrophobic, cramped room where you shot the video. Uh, what was that all about? I'm I'm so glad that you just used the word claustrophobic because I was just filling out. Um, we're doing. We've got like you know different blog interviews and stuff going on, and um, I just used that word, and I'm like, I don't know if people got the fact that I was going for that claustrophobic kind of feel, but that was the exact word that <laughs> I used and in, in what I had in mind there. So. Um, see it worked yeah yeah it just it, it was cool to so at first we actually i had a concept idea for the video and uh, is mid shoot we ditched it because i just started getting the feeling that uh you know just got a gut feeling that hey this needs to just be a performance you know it just needs to be raw gritty footage of the band um and I think that sometimes if you add a concept in, if you're really careful, you can nail it. But I think concepts sometimes adding a story to a music video is a way to timestamp it more in a way. And we just kind of wanted more of like a timeless, organic punk rock kind of thing. So, Well, you got that. And I think, you know, the whole idea of punk rock and do it yourself, I think of Flyers stapled to a telephone pole and it just seems like you guys are like almost like a living uh telephone pole flyer room yeah <laughs> if that makes yeah, sense that's but you know, that's yeah so so um yeah and i know you guys have your own original sound but you know when i first listened to it i thought you had a little bit of that raw early 90s sort of grunge and especially like nirvana sound it's definitely in there. That was uh, Nirvana was a big reference point. And what you said there about, you know, the band hanging up the poster on the uh, telephone pole, it's, you know, without being tied to the past, I think there is sort of this like romantic element in this album that is uh, almost an ode to the 90s. Um, so there, there is that sound in there. Um, to a degree, because we love a lot of that stuff. But I think that what we were really getting at, too, was the culture of it. Uh, I think just uh, growing up for me, I looked forward to buying a full album. And you don't <laughs> you don't know if the album is going to suck or not. You know, there's the one song you like, but then you get the album and the ones that are really special um, stick in a different way. But there's that there was just that time of like sitting down and living with every part of an album, looking through the artwork and the lyrics and even the thank yous to see like, what bands are they thinking? And what, can I find something else in here? And, and um, album, the album sort of becoming like your best friend or something that was uh, like your, your soundtrack for that time in your life. So I think that the connection through music is what we were trying to get at here without being a, a band that's like hey we we want it to be 
two all over again. Uh, instead, we're kind of trying to get this balance of like taking that influence, but doing something different with it. Yeah, I, th I think it's sure. uh, just essentially kind of, um, you know, hearkening back to our roots. We're all kind of, um, I think um, we all sort of came to our musical realizations within the within that era of like the early to late 90s. So it definitely put a um, put a strong stamp on all of our kind of musical personas. So yeah, I think we just kind of wanted to uproot that a bit. Now, Rob and James, you both have the same last name. Is that just a coincidence? It's not. We're brothers. So growing up, you know, I love you're talking about the, the record, reading the liner notes. Did you guys always have the same taste in music growing up? Um, I definitely, so I'm a bit younger than James. Um, and so I, I was always a bit ahead of the curve for my age because of, because of um, James's, you know, passion for music. And he always had like an absurd amount of CDs and, and things to just playing all the time and for me to sift through. Um, but um, there were definitely crossovers, but we, we also definitely had our, um, our differences as well. Um, I know he was always, I mean, I don't want to talk for him too much here, but I mean, yeah, he was always real, big into like Blink-182 for a minute. And I was obsessively over like one song, but then I found um, Gorillaz, like Gorillaz came around in like 2001. And then I kind of went, that kind of veered me off into a slightly different direction. And so there's always kind of crossovers, but you know, we have our own styles as well. And I think it, I think it depended on the time too i mean ever since we were very young music's just always been there so i mean one of my first memories is my dad was doing like a, a little bit of djing on the side and so he, you know he would get a bunch of albums and i remember one day he came home with um with dookie and insomniac uh to to the obviously big really big green day albums and um, I think I was maybe six, six years old at the time. But those two records, um, like, made a really big impact on me at that time. And, and, you know, my first. So I think from that, the first music that I was really heavily into was uh, the punk stuff like that, like Blink-182, Green Day, just whatever you want to call it, pop punk or punk with, like, um, you, that's a little bit more melodic than some things offspring smash that was another one that uh was big and then I, in the early 2000s i was that's when i started actively playing in bands and was just like obsessive with becoming the best drummer possible so that really you know starting to play with different musicians and things that sent me all over the place musically like i, I gravitated towards a lot of heavier things like glass jaw and thrice but i was also getting into uh frank zappa and bjork as well so just i think at that time your mind is really open uh but maybe especially so as as a musician and and early on something i really wanted to do was um just like find my own sound and i think 
a way a lot of people do that something that was big for me was just exploring everything that was out there it was exciting and i still find it exciting so um no matter what well well, if you're open to both right and if you're open to both frank zappa and bjork that kind of runs the spectrum yeah yeah i I think so and and then in between listening to deftones and glass straw it's like you know if, if at the time when i had an ipod i would tell people almost as a warning in advance, like this, this is thing is going to feel really crazy. It's going to feel kind of manic. You're going to hear like something super soothing and then it's going to be, you know, thrash metal the next song. So. Yeah. Well, on this is awkward. See, it really does evoke. I think what a lot of bands want to achieve a very live stand at its roots all rock bands are basically like a garage band. And if you stray too far from that, don't you think you're missing out on something? Yeah, I think definitely it's it's best to, I think you definitely get the most, um, you, you keep up the most artistic traction sort of if you, if you kind of hold on to the qualities that, um, you know, the qualities that come through when you're, when you're first kicking things off whatever feels, whatever makes you excited about that music. I feel like if you, if you lose that, then you're kind of, you're kind of doomed. I mean, you might be, um, you know, you might be selling out and getting a lot more sales and a lot more attention, but, um, I feel like you're sacrificing something artistically. That's, um, kind of sac, kind of sacrilege. Unless you're in it to just make a lot of money, but I, I mean, I know for us, it's a big part of this project is just um, we like hanging out with each other, and we uh, James and I both like uh, Howie and Brandon's other bands, um, Bumpin' Uglies and Ballyhoo. So um, just a chance to like create with them and um, kind of entertain this idea to, you know, kind of like I said harken back to our roots um yeah it just um was very appealing so so that's um i feel like if you're not if you're not doing it for the core reason of you know you feel compelled to um then yeah something something bound to go astray well isn't it about authenticity i think that's what you guys have and part of authenticity if everyone in the band uses their experience, you know, to write the songs, you know, everyone's bringing something unique to the table. Definitely. So what, what was your writing process like for This Is Awkward? It was, uh, I think that this was one of the first songs that we did in the process. And we recorded this whole album in my semi-finished basement studio. Um, it's amazing what you can do today. But again, we wanted the the roots to be like, with, without doing a, an intentionally like a garage rock sound where you keep it super lo-fi, we just wanted it to sound true to what the performances were. I mean, it's it's definitely produced and it it sounds huge, but there's not a ton of like extra things and we didn't edit stuff in terms of like you know the the takes like we didn't want to doctor up a lot of things we we wanted it to be 
um, very true to how we would perform live. So having said that, um, this is awkward is a riff that Howie had been sitting on for 15 years or so. And he took the riff. Uh, he had like a, you know, a folder of all these riffs and, and played it for us. And everyone sort of had that look of like, yeah, there, there's something in that. So we jammed it and it started coming together really quickly, uh, instrumentally. And I've referenced like Nirvana. I just hear this huge, everyone playing really loud and simple, powerful part. So we got that together. And then um, the, I, I had a sort of had a vision of getting some melodic yelling on the track, at least for the chorus. And at that time, I didn't know if that was gonna be possible because Rob has a very soulful voice and Howie uh, has a, a very, uh, just, he's got an amazing voice, but screaming is not his thing. He just, it's like such a pleasing pop voice. Like it, that that's just not his thing. And Brandon typically doesn't scream, but I was like, if anyone's gonna be able to do that, it's gonna be Brandon. So I gave set a timer and I uh, just wanted it to be organic. So I'm like, let me see what lyrics come out. Um, let me tap, try and tap into something. And if it sucks, it sucks and we won't use it. And if it's good, then, you know, it will come from a, a real place. So I landed on those, those chorus lyrics and the pacing of the melody came to me. So I went in the room and I started whisper screaming that and um you know howie and rob said yeah we can't do this and brandon just confidently was like yeah sure let me give this a try and went up to the mic and i think the take you hear is the second take of him doing it just like right away we were blown away by whoa he's got that thing where he can go full voice add that grit to it um where it's like his vocal cords are about to burst but in this amazing way um, and as soon as he did that, it it really did define the direction we went in for the rest of the record because that's like, hey, let's do that again. And and it kind of told us that we can get heavier than we maybe initially planned to with this thing, which is something we all enjoy doing. So, um, yeah, that's how that came to be. And then Howie later wrote verses for it. Now is Howie the tall guy? Yep. Yeah, he's the one that makes that music video feel especially claustrophobic. <laughs> That's it. You you, you <laughs> said exactly what I was thinking. It's uh, no. It's it seems like you guys have that chemistry, and I think what you're talking about the vocals on this is awkward. It's that lighter and then the heavy. You know that contrast. So when the chorus hits, you're just thrashing away, and it's exciting. That's one of the things that I've become the most excited about with this project is that I really enjoy as a listener, Rob, Howie, and Brandon as singers. And they're all, they're all very unique, but it's, it's a weird thing because, you know, the idea of it, I would usually say, oh, wow, three singers in a room, good luck with the egos and, you know, just making that work. But I mean, there there are no dramatic stories here. Everyone is like great friends. We, we like it was such a 
easy collaborative effort on this. And that allows for everyone to sort of complement each other. And I don't think there was ever an argument on like, oh, you sing this part or you you sing this part. It, it was more like if someone felt strongly about it, we were all kind of quietly thinking the same thing. And then, um, you know, the, the discussion on divvying up parts, it just went pretty easily. So, um, yeah, I'm grateful for that. And I was thinking for the drumming uh, point of view, just you get to just, just uh, go as hard as you can on those drums. Yeah, it's really fun. That's uh, that's one of the things that I love the most is just going in and <laughs> I mean, I was playing this track until my drumsticks were covered in blood, which, you know, you <laughs> usually I'm playing technically correct. But for some of these songs, that's just the thing is like I, I go into it like I, I want to put everything on this performance and I want people to feel the urgency to it uh, and the intensity so sometimes you you've got to do that you know you can't fake that um so i enjoy that that part like i i really i don't know if this is a good way to describe it but i'm a very physical drummer in the sense of you know sometimes you'll see players that are just great technical players um but there's barely any movement and i can play that way but i don't really enjoy it i like connecting with the song and really performing so that's that's been a lot of fun yeah i bet for your live shows this is gonna be you know probably one of your favorites there's a there's a lot of uh really rocking tracks but i i think that this is definitely this is definitely being the top two or three to get to perform live well with the whole album uh has that been released yet no April 21st. April 21st. So uh, what's the title of the full album? It's self-titled. Is it? So, so is, it, is, is it just called Callisto? That's right. Okay, so it's got one of those where the, the band name is the album name. Yeah. And so are you going to have like on the CD cover in parentheses how to pronounce Callisto? <laughs> you know... Uh, maybe we should, but uh, there is that um, video game out now, and that's helping things a lot because people are seeing those ads, and it's a pretty big game, right? So um, I think that works in our favor. Now, what does Callisto mean? So Callisto, when when we initially started this project, it was um, it was primarily all different members. We were kind of going for a different sound, and then. Um, Long story short, that that kind of fell to pieces and came to be what Callisto is now. But um, Howie um, was always set in place to be our producer and engineer, and um, he just for 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 the purpose of keeping his files organized, he said, "You know, we got to have a name for this project." So we started in a group text, rattling off a bunch of names and stuff and then i was just getting way ahead of myself and saw this image um of uh one of jupiter's most outermost moons which is named callisto and it's stunning it's really beautiful and um they suspect that it's the the center is is actually liquid water so they're they kind of have a close eye on it 
Um, so I saw the image and thought it would be a good album cover. So I, I was just getting ahead of myself, but then I pitched it um, in the group text and just said it could work as a good, I guess it could work as a good ba band name too. And it just stuck. We never actually officially said like, yeah, that, that should be definitely the name. It was just sort of like, what's the working title for this project? Uh, yeah, the re most recent one was Callisto. So that's what it was. Does well, anyone, good, yeah. I don't know if anyone ever loves a, a band name, but um, this I dislike this one the least out of all the bands that, that I've been in. So that's probably a good sign. Well, and as we all know, every band name in the world has already been taken. Right. <laughs> so at least this is one I've never heard before. So you score points for originality here. Yeah, there's there's a there's a like one metal band that like back it's always a metal band. <laughs> yeah, but you know it in this day and age, it's like you're you're not gonna find you're not going to find a name that hasn't been used and, unless you're doing like weird stuff with the, with the spelling. And we just didn't want to do that. And for a minute we thought about doing, calling it like Callisto the band, but um, it, that just, and I'm glad we didn't because I think Callisto just has a ring to it. And the people that are looking for us find us quickly. So. Wasn't it funny when you're doing a band name search and, and then you find someone's taken it, but you, you know, they're on MySpace and they haven't updated the page for like 10 years. <laughs> yeah, at that point, it's fair game. Just grab it. It's like the, the uh, MySpace graveyard of band names. <laughs> that's, that's eerily accurate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really excited that you're doing a full album. So, how how much of a range did you allow yourselves like uh how many different styles did you you know dip your toe into um i we didn't really consciously um establish a style for for any of the songs i, I would say it was more so just like um we kind of just took all of our collect collective ideas and threw them all up against the wall and, and just looked at what stuck, you know? And, um, and they happened to be relatively diverse yet somehow cohesive. So um, those are the ones that stuck for the, for the full length. Um, but, but they definitely, they definitely do cover um, sort of a broad range of um, at least you know, little nods to different genres. Like there's some, there's a track that'll be coming out fairly soon. That's um, sort of like um sixties vibe, like a early Beatles, -y, that thing you do kind of vibe. Um, and uh, then there's another one that's sort of um, how we refer to it as like pink Panther-esque. And I think that that's funny. So I'm going to oh, stick wow. with that. And um, and then there's another one that's just yeah, sort of like Pink Floyd, you know. I, I, I don't, but none of those things were consciously setting out to be referenced. Um, it just sort of happened to be the way that we we came together on the project. Well, are you including any surf rock? Surf rock. Um, we yeah. do. 
we do there are definitely i mean i definitely like a lot of surf rock stuff um so i think that plays into at least my style of playing or my approach to things um but yeah we do there definitely are um because how howie has a strong kind of admiration for similar stuff too so i would say there's, there's definitely some surf rock influence yeah and yeah. I'm really into, there's like, I don't know if you would call it true surf rock, but there's like a new wave of bands that have a little bit of that surfy influence and uh, like Day Wave is one that I'm a, a big fan of. And it's actually a song that Rob, Rob was referencing, um, saying that it's got like that thing you do kind of vibe, but that one to me feels a little bit surf rock like, and we've, we've referenced it um, throughout the writing process for it and even ended up titling the song surf blood just because we thought it sounded cool originally just a reference to like okay what what could we name this that sort of references the sound yeah how he surf blood. That's, a cool name. that's a really cool name. yeah so how he um you know like he he really um I think he came up with a, a good amount of the sort of um, working titles for a lot of these tracks, which were just totally ridiculous for the most part. But um, yeah, Surf Blood, that was uh, that was one of the ones that, I don't know, I, I don't know, it never changed. It just, he, like, he was like, I don't know, it's sick. That's a sick image, so. See, I hate to say this, but wouldn't that be a great band name? Surf Blood, yeah. Same thing. Okay. It'd be kind of like a, you know the movie Jaws with a, you know like a panic on the beach horror movie kind of surf rock theme. <laughs> I like that. That's Rob's favorite movie, so you're speaking his language. But yeah, if if any, anyone listening to this that has a band and is like, what what can I call my band? There you go, Surf Blood. Surf Blood. See all the, when you say all these names. It makes me think of potential music videos. Like, do you have another video concept for another song? We've got four videos made, um, two of which are animated. Um, but we we have uh, four actually for the song Surf Blood that's coming out. I think that one comes out the last week of March. I might be getting my dates confused. But yeah, I think I'm almost positive last week of March. That one we worked with um a guy that did a couple animated music videos for the arctic monkeys and i just really liked the look of it so i got in touch with him he he was digging the song and um i gave him like a loose concept and you know he he ended up doing um his own thing with it i was really into how it turned out and rob does lead vocals on that track and then i don't want to give anything away for the next video that we have coming out yet but um it's just ridiculous it's a uh it it's it's very much like a spoof to something that was big in the 90s and um it, it it's just us being total goofs so I, I think people are gonna have a lot of fun with it uh oh what song is that one gonna be too it's called best shot and that one uh brandon sings the lead vocals on and it's it's uh it's definitely like an upbeat song um if if there's a track on the album that leans more towards like pop punk as a, as opposed to like just rock or grunge or something like that this is i think the i think this is the what i would consider like the lightest 
happiest sounding song on 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 the album. Although lyrically, when Brandon yeah. was talking about it, it's it's kind of kind of a dark dark song, but um, he does a good job of like burying that, and you just you know, I, I always think that's cool when you have that dichotomy where it's like the the music is uplifting and there's sort of an uplifting thing going on lyrically in in the song but then there's also like the darkness buried within it too you know in either of the animated videos d does the get animated like do you get to see cartoon versions of yourselves um of um i think just i think just myself yeah yeah that so surf blood it is rob um and it's really cool it's really cool it's i don't know if it's like directly rob it might be a character more so just influenced by his look but um yeah it's it's pretty rad to see that so rob what does it feel like to be immortalized in animation <laughs> um I, this is um i've done voice work for animation before um and that's cool to actually be i mean yeah when um James sent me the video and I saw, I mean, it does very much kind of distinctly look like the, the artist was looking at a picture of me to come up with the face. So um, it's pretty far out. Like it's um, definitely strange, but it's cool because um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I dig the Arctic monkeys. That's cool. I wasn't even aware of the um, like what music video or anything. And I looked it up and it's like, you know, their their biggest song so that's cool i don't know it's a cool crossover I like that well animated uh videos there's been some real big ones you know i think of well elton john and dua lipa oh yeah, yeah. See, see that animated one i loved how they kind of took the essence of them but they created something very unique yeah i have a i have a close friend who's who does a lot of animation work and claymation and stuff and he's he's fantastic and uh we've we've used him before for um one of our previous projects and um i yeah, that whole process of um translating things into animation and um telling a story that way it's just super cool it's just uh, another another um another medium i wish i had sort of you know i wish i wasn't so uh incapable of taking part in no, I, I'm really anxious to see what these people came up with for you. So I'm going to put that on my my tickler list to check out the next three videos. But I'll take a, an extra close look at the animated uh, version of Rob. Cool. If you're into those kind of videos, my favorite video like that made it's uh it's out there, but it, I love it. It's uh, a band called Whitney. And the song is called Polly. It's it's really cool. Oh, nice. I'll have to look that one up. Well, hey, uh, before we enter our final stretch here, I have a few more questions. But tell everybody how they can find you online. And especially, like, can they pre-order, you know, the album? Uh, where should they go to? Want to take this one, Rob? Um, sure. Yeah, you know, the usual... Um, the usual spots. We have a we have a brick and mortar storefront <laughs> in, in Missouri. No, um, 
we uh you know spotify it's always it's always we always appreciate the the follows and the, the pre-saves and um all that stuff on spotify of course and uh and then youtube um those music videos um the upcoming music videos are actually listed publicly but um you know they haven't premiered yet so you can click uh click at the alert button follow on youtube um Instagram, where the we're at Callisto the band. Um, um, we're also um, I don't know. I think that's um, <laughs> I think I covered everything. Yeah, at Callisto the band is pretty much for every social media source, and then m- music wise, I mean, it's going to be on every streaming platform. So uh, wherever you like to stream music. Uh, this is awkward is up there on all those platforms now the album definitely will be and if anyone checks it out and really feels connected with the music um, a couple fans started a facebook group you'd have to search uh, callisto outlaws and you have to be accepted in but uh, that's just wild to me like it's still such a new project and within that group it's like close to a thousand people that are just so supportive and really enthusiastic about everything we're doing. So I I love being a part of that group and it's a great community too. You just see everybody, um, you know, joking around with each other and um, it's, it's, it's really cool. That's pretty amazing when that happens independently of you. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is it's pretty trippy and um, you know, I'm again, I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful that we've, have a group like that 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 cares about the music and wants to hear it so very good well you know the two of you are brothers and and i just like to touch upon you know it seems like that's exactly that's a big challenge you know for you know family members to be in bands together when it's good it's great you know and there's such a long tradition i'm just curious does it work pretty smoothly for you guys to be in a band together I would say that um, we we very rarely um, very rarely butt heads in any significant way. Um, we might clash on like ideas time to time, but I mean that's just common amongst creators, you know. Um, I think, um, but but then it, it usually just leads us down the road to a more interesting direction, you know. So uh, I mean, I, we we get along we get along very well. We always have. Um, and we, and we love making music together. So can't really go, can't really go wrong. I, I, I would say we've had, we've experienced together probably more problems with other members of previous groups than we have one-on-one, the two of us. So, yeah, it's, um, it's one of those things where the, just growing up in bands, like Rob and I have, have played in, uh, played in the previous band together and there were. Uh, just all the things that you would expect, like constantly going through members. There were, um, you know, luckily Rob and I are um, pretty pretty straight laced, especially for uh, creatives. But uh, you know, we in in that band there were at the time there was some bad drug use that ended up happening that sort of deteriorated um, some stuff within the group, and then. Uh, you know, we got a new lineup going, and then unfortunately, uh, when we had a lot of traction, our singer got in a 
really serious car accident. He was in a coma for months and, um, you know, luckily he's still with us, but he, he can't speak. So obviously he can't sing either. And, um, just, I, I think all of that as difficult as it is when we get the opportunity to be in a room together now and, and make music, there's not a second that gets taken for granted. Um, I've got, that perspective and um, I, I stay fully present for every moment. I think it made me a better um, listener and and you sort of learn how to collaborate well, I think. And the th one of the things that I'm the most proud of for this album is um, I think that Rob brought out my best performances and I think I was able to bring out his best performances, sometimes making things, you know, go a little bit outside the comfort zone. But, uh, you know, it's we've gotten to know each other. Obviously, we know each other well as brothers, but as musicians, too. And um, I think that we're making that work the, the best that it ever has on this album. So with James, uh, you being the older one, I it probably works because Rob basically has to defer to everything you say. That's not. That's not true. I have an I have an older brother, so I, I can joke. But I know what it's like to live in the shadow and kind of be the yes man to the older brother. I think that maybe like early on in our last band, I don't think I was. Rob can tell you, but I don't think I was ever terrible with that. But I definitely you know, was a little bit more immature and, you know, would kind of overstep sometimes. And now it's just, you know, there's, there's none of that. Like, it's just, I, I have so much respect for him as an artist and, and I don't want to, you know, bring any bad energy into the room because we, you know, we really all love being there. So um, I think my ego is, is tamed down a lot. Plus let's face it. These guys are three singers and I'm just, smashing drums in the background and giving some lyrics so if there's anyone that's uh the most replaceable you're talking to them so i keep my mouth shut <laughs> i think um i think uh, just as far as the the kind of power balance if you will within within callisto is is refreshing because we it was actually one of the kind of core principles moving into the project that we would just treat it you know maybe as uh, our good pal um, uh, Vladimir Lenin would. <laughs> I don't know. It's very like, very like across the board, we're all treated exactly the same. We all get the same amount of things and yada, yada. Like it's very kind of, a, kind of that, that mentality. Um, but uh, with, um, I think we all just enjoy serving whatever purpose needs to be fulfilled in the song. You know, so there's not really any, um, there's no real like leader to the group kind of thing. We just sort of, um, it's, it's, um, it's like, it's like the Beatles kind of, I mean, it's, it's that kind of a thing where like, you know, you can tell one song maybe came from one person and sort of they had to lead on it, but then, um, you know, at the end of the day, this, it's just, um, very evenly distributed kind of, um, power balance yeah it's just that's a big part of what makes it so fun so it sounds like there's no 
Liam and Noel Gallagher uh, yeah. dynamic going on here. No, no. I mean, you know, that's, um, yeah, they got to grow up. <laughs> we want, we want to see Oasis back on stage. That's maybe we get a little bit more of that tastefully, you know, just to get, it seems like, you know, controversy always sells. So, you know, maybe I got to Rob will set up some time where, you know, maybe you punch me in the face or something and, yeah, yeah, I think we need some. Thick, I think we need some thick, like Manchester accents or something too. Yeah, it tends to be. Well, I think overall, you know, families and bands actually do really well together. There's almost like a a psychic, you know, shorthand between communicating with each other. Mm -hmm. I so agree. It sounds, sounds like you guys have that. Well, I want to give you guys the last word here. I mean. I'm so thrilled that you've got this little grassroots Facebook fan group, you know, a thousand strong. And I would just like to, you know, talk about bands. You know, the million dollar question is how do you build a fan base? And it's so competitive out there, but it sounds like you guys are really doing that. So I'd just like to hear from each of you, you know, in this day and age, how do you build a fan base? Um, I think um, I think although it may not be immediately apparent, I think people crave authenticity more than ever nowadays. Um, and I think that that's a big part of where you see the most um, enduring kind of endeavors popping up. Um, I think people can just smell it a mile away when you're just phony as hell. Um, and um, and uh, it certainly doesn't hurt that we got into this project with um, Howie and Brandon, who both have been working their asses off for years, and they have their own projects who are have have lovely devoted fan bases, um, and they watch you know what Howie and Brandon do very closely. So um, there was a lot of kind of um, looming attention even before we really came out with anything, just because people knew Howie and Brandon were up to something new. So that certainly helps. <coughs> but um, aside from that, uh, it's kind of a mystery. I don't know. <coughs> yeah, when you figure it out, tell me. Um, you know, at, at this point, I, you know, I, I'm, I also own a business and, and uh, I'm not, I used to try and like fight that side of me entering into music and and now i just sort of accept that like there's a healthy balance right like there's nothing wrong about promoting your music the best way that you can and trying to reach the people that would like it but um you know i've come to also understand too that it's not there is mystery to it and you know i, I don't want to do anything that jeopardizes the project like you almost have to think about the marketing um as an extension of the art and like that's a piece of the art itself and i think if you stay true to the album that kind of back to what rob said people can sense the authenticity there um you know we're not gonna ever be i don't think the the band that's like trending on TikTok or doing anything like that and that's fine um it's not who we are and i wouldn't enjoy doing it so you know we'll do everything we can to make really 
cool videos that support the songs and just make the strongest songs that, that we know how to make and, um, you know, use the platforms to get out there and, and reach our audience. But beyond that, it's a mystery to me. And I, I think that for my peace of mind in continuing doing this, I kind of just put myself back into, okay, what do I have control over? I have control over making the best music that I can and um, just letting people know that it's out there. And, you know, it sounds kind of hippie, but at that point, um, you know, again, you, you promote the way you can, but really at that point, if you're doing the right stuff, the universe is going to do what it will with it. So it's really up to how that impacts people and uh, what that organic spread ends up being. So what would happen to your street cred if beauty influencers started making TikTok videos to this is awkward? You know, this is the funniest thing. I had a dream last night that there was like some TikTok video going on where it was a girl with makeup doing uh, saying like Howie's line. Let's say goodbye. This is awkward. And it was like some breakup trend or something. So I don't I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't pay much attention to it. Well, if if it if it brought more organic fans that like really connected with the song that's cool but um you know i also don't want my song to be a part of like you know the the intention is giving someone you know more tiktok followers or whatever and you know you can say that that's i don't know cynical or old school but i'm just that's not my vibe i mean i think I i think once the song's out there you know it's not it's not really ours anymore yeah so I think um, if people if people were to start if beauty influencers influencers were to start using the song in this theoretical situation, um, I mean they must like it, so that's nice. But um, knowing the dynamic of this group, like the four of us as people, we would probably rebuttal it with like some video making fun of them. So, <laughs> so you know, it's just uh, we'll get there when we get there. See, I can see all the merch you can make now. You can do like, you know, water bottles and you can stencil. This is awkward in like glitter letters or, you know, yoga pants with Callisto in glitter. (laughs) I want to make a shirt that uh, (laughs) another thing I was thinking of. I I want to make a shirt that says embrace dad rock because Brandon was like, oh, this is kind of like a dad rock album. And. You know, everyone calls bands like Foo Fighters dad rock as if it's like this bad thing. And it's like, you know what? Whatever. If a lot of the fans are of age to be dads, like, and, you know, I'm three out of the four members of the band are dads. So, hell yeah, I love being a dad. We're dad rock. Embrace dad rock. This has been the Rising Star Podcast with your host, Kelly Hughes.